I bet you there's going to be a bunch of pintails out there. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say to get on the podcast, that's one of the coolest places, the coolest settings I've ever hunted with all that corn, that tall. You like tuck down in this little box and all that green in the middle. It, uh, it's, it's not, I've fair. never been in an environment like that. It's unbelievable. Just fell into it. I thought you didn't like hunting, uh, ag and unnatural things. <laughs> that wasn't, that's not unnatural. I mean, well, the, the, the corn <laughs> being there is unnatural, but the whole water system is not. Sounds like you're compromising for enjoyment. No, <laughs> I don't like dry ag, and I prefer that's natural boy vegetation. That's such a weird stipulation. I don't want to hunt corn unless it's wet. <laughs> no, it's not about that. It's about what I like water. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, but I just feel like your argument early on about ag was that it was like unnatural, and you'd rather be in like God's creation of like natural habitat. Yeah, true. But this, that is true. But this was an unbelievable environment. <laughs> I've never, I just never seen anything like it. Like all that green down in that pocket with all that fresh water and that eight foot tall corn stalks, like all around you. It was just an unbelievable environment, no matter what. <laughs> you ever see that meme where that, uh, that dude's walking with a girl and holding his hand and he like looks back and they put like one, like one word on one girl. And mm-hmm. So like yeah. right now the meme would be you looking back and you're holding the girl's hand that says millet and looking at the girl that's, <laughs> it would be corn, <laughs> flooded corn. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that'd be the best way to just describe your feeling after that weekend. <laughs> yeah. It'd be smart weed and corn. Yeah. Smart. Okay. Smart weed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. <sighs> What's going on folks. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the duck gun podcast. I'm Jordan from duck gun chronicles. I got my co-host, Alongside me, per usual, White Chops. How are you doing tonight, Elliot? <laughs> Gary Beard is in the house. Jordan, I have an update of the Gary Beard story. Okay, so if you guys didn't watch previous podcasts, Jordan sent me something. He labeled it as Gary Beard, as Gray Beard. <laughs> My mom got all the package and thought it was Gary Beard. And she had it for like four days. Because she was, well, she was going to take it back to the post office. But the, the plot thickened last night when I found out the full details. She was actually online on whitepages.com looking for a Gary Beard to call, and she found one. No way. <laughs> that lives in the area. No She was desperately seeking his phone number to call Gary Beard and give him the package that you sent me. That's hilarious. <laughs> and for people wondering what the package is, it was uh, foam sound enhancing material for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So some Gary Beard in the area almost got a very interesting phone call. (laughs) (laughs) He would have had no idea what those things were for. He would have had no idea. He would have took it and been like, what are these egg cartons? (laughs) 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 That's hilarious. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. Yeah. So we're going to – our podcast for tonight, we're going to be doing – a little bit of one of our favorite segments from the past. We're going to be doing a hunt update. We got some dove hunts to talk about. We got some teal hunts to talk about. We got my Michigan trip to talk about. Um, so there's going to be a lot of awesome, awesome content in this podcast. I'm super, super duper looking forward to it. Um, and we've had a tough time not talking to each other about it. We have a little bit over the phone and before we started 
editing, but we always are not editing recording. Um, but we always say, Oh, we need to, we, let's just save that for the podcast. So it's like, we have to keep our, uh, our, <laughs> we have to bite our tongue every time we talk. Cause we so want to talk about it, but, um, we got to leave that genuine natural reaction for the actual podcast. <laughs> yeah. And this season has blown up fast, hasn't it, man? It's just like, bam, it's here. Yeah, we're here. Not everybody's here, but we're no. uh, we're, we're both hunting. Um, yep. It's crazy. So now now it's like a, all off seasons of preparation, um, getting everything ready. But now it's the now the fun's here. So, but uh, before we get into those hunt updates, let's go ahead and have a quick word from our partners. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks out to Gunner Kennels. Um, they make an American-made dog box. It is perfect for putting in the back of your truck, uh, putting your dog in. It's five-star, crash-tested, roto-molded is their patent on it, um, and they've even shot it at 12 paces with no pellet penetration. Uh, definitely, definitely a tank of a dog kennel. Um, definitely check them out, gunnerkennels.com, and use code DuckGun10 at checkout for 10% off your purchase. You think when they did that 12 paces test that they, like, stood their back to it and, like, walked 12 paces and then spun and quick draw? Yeah, I think so. That's, I definitely would have done that. Me too. Um, <laughs> I want to talk to you about HDR innovations. I want to talk to you about one specific product, and that is the gun stand. And, you know, Jordan sent me a gun stand a year or two ago. And I just never really used it. I just, I always kind of meant to take it, never, but and just never really did. And so I've seen in his videos and with him how he uses it when in, you know, ankle deep water, especially when using an A-frame. And so I knew this weekend, this, this steel hunt was going to be a great time to take it. And he sent me a new and improved one, which is much lighter. And it's just all around better, this, this new one. And I got it, like, it came an hour before I left on the trip. And I took that and we were hunting that shallow flooded, flooded corn with the A-frame and I am completely sold on that product now. I, I won't take it with me every time, but I can tell you it's going to be used about a thousand percent more than I used the old ones. And so guys, when you are in those situations in an A-frame and you're sitting in a little bit of water, you know, that, that gun stand is what you need to hold your gun, to hold your, it just makes all the difference in the world, all the difference in the world. So um, HDR innovation, 10% off and free shipping with duck gun space 10, capital D capital G. There's other product there too, but they am just thrilled with that gun stand. So go check that out. Those things are flying off the shelf. I think. Heck yeah. All right. Also, we'd like to give a big thanks out to motion ducks. Um, and guys, you've seen it on our videos before the motion ducks, ultimate spreader and the, the single spreader, uh, can hold four ducks or seven ducks. Um, and it just puts lifelike motion in your set, uh, just like a jerk rig, but it's a jerk rig on steroids. Um, you know, on those no wind days, we all know that having no motion in your set is, um, the recipe for getting a skunk or having a really hard time finishing, finishing wary birds. So definitely check out the motion duck decoy spreader and don't just take our word for it. Check out videos. If you see a video of it, Elliot and I both have videos on our channel, um, or you can just Google it, but. You'll see the lifelike motion and 100%. I know you're going to be sold when you see that. So um, check out Motion Ducks and use code DuckGun2020 for 10% off and free shipping. As Banded, Avery, and PG, you know, Jordan and I have been, have been field testing their products for this is the second year now. And I can tell you it's unbelievable. 
their their gear is just fantastic. And we just got in our fall orders. And man, Jordan, I got a picture actually. It's not very good clarity, but I've got a picture of a little blue wing teal sitting right beside that GHG blue wing teal hem colored decoy. Oh, I wish it was better clarity because I just want to be like, now maybe they would have sat beside a mallard, but you can just see them side to side <laughs> and it just looks so good. It makes me happy. It makes me happy. So, and go to banded.com and you can read banded Avery GHG um, because they've got fantastic products for all of your needs. Yeah. And it's all about making Elliot happy. So at the end of the day, when I'm hunting, yeah, <laughs> who else am I trying to make happy? Except yep. maybe fumble. And, and, uh, I tease and him, Georgia. So I don't know that I'm trying to make him. Are you trying to I'm make Georgie happy? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, I antagonized <laughs> my dad a little bit. Did, did you see the bloody the bloody toe feel? Yep. Feel? Yep. I, I really cracked myself. I think that's not as funny as I think it is, but <laughs> I thought it was really funny. <laughs> it's on my latest video where my dad called my dad bloody toe. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> also, we'd like to give a big thanks out to Finisher. Um Never, it's never been easier to dispatch your birds. Um, it just slip it in the back of their head, um, and you can finish off your bird in a humane and quick way. Um, gone are the days of wringing the necks and you know having difficulty finishing off your bird, or you know we're not going to have to have people Cajun crunching or squeezing the neck. Or I mean, we've heard horror stories of different ways people have finished their birds, but there's there's never been a more humane way then using the finisher to quickly detach the bird's spine for the, you know, uh, for lack of a better description, um, from the bird. And it just finishes them quick and clean and humane. So definitely check those guys out at finisher and use code duck gun, Ken duck gun, actually duck gun 15 on there for 15% off. The website is adrenal dash line.com. Guys, if ever if ever you're trying to buy these products and you forget the discount code, just message us because I know they're different and from one to the other. Yeah, just message us. I want to add one more thing about Finisher because I, I want to tell you officially that I was absolutely wrong and you were right, Jordan. We had a conversation a couple of years ago about this product, and I don't know if you remember it, but I was like, I just don't see that like the masses buying this stuff. I was totally wrong. I mean, when we went to Nebraska this weekend, the guy we hunted with Ben, he had one. And he's like, man, have you ever used this? And he was just going on and on about how much he loved it. And and I was totally wrong. This product is hitting the mainstream community. And I didn't realize people felt like killing birds like that was such an issue. But it's a great product. Yeah, it's awesome. All righty. Um, so, yeah, before we jump into the podcast, though, I want to remind you guys, um, I actually just got some new hats, Duck Gun um hats on the bottomland camo um and i want to let you guys know because they're literally flying off the shelf so i got a limited supply of those uh so definitely check those out on the flyways collective website also elliot he still has his tan fdh hats and tan uh, or no and camo it's max five camo right yep max five camo um and he didn't have a lot either so they're definitely flying off the shelves and the last thing is um, I currently have in my possession all of the Flyways Collective hats, and those have been going out like crazy too. So tons of hats, everybody getting prepped for season. Um, so definitely cool seeing you guys all rock those. And, uh, you know, um, definitely we definitely uh, are excited when we see you guys wearing our gear. So definitely check that out. Um, but, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the hunt updates. 
So how how do you want to how do you want to go about this, Elliot? We got a, <laughs> a few hunts to talk about. Man, I don't know because if I'm not careful, I could just talk for two hours about my hunt. <laughs> I, I think I think if I just started talking and gave every detail, I guarantee I think I could do a solid sixty minutes without taking a breath. <laughs> yeah. so I don't I don't know. I don't know. I've got <laughs> let's, two hunts. Let's talk day about one and day two. Let's uh, let's start off with talking about my dove hunts. Then we'll jump to your till hunts, and then we'll jump to the Michigan trip. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Alrighty. So, you have you watched? Did you watch the dove hunting videos? I watched all of the first one, and I believe all of the second one. And did you put out your third one yet? I have not. Okay, so yeah, I, I'm. I know I've seen 100 percent the first one, and I might have seen like 95. percent So yeah. They're amazing. Awesome. I've never seen guys. If you haven't seen these <laughs> videos, I've never seen dove hunts like this, where they're it's like it was like a duck dove hunt. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It I mean, um, I've dove hunted before, but I've never had as much fun as I did on this one. So this is the first time I've done ag fields for dove hunting um, on this level. I guess I would I should say. So I'll, I guess I'll start start from the beginning on this. So I'm driving down the road, and well. Step back a, a step before that. So I'm going around. I'm going to one of the ag fields that I had permission last year um, to dove hunt. Last year, they didn't cut the silage to like we were duck hunting because of how wet everybody got their corn and late. Um, so I went back to that place, and he's like, oh, shoot. I just had two guys stop by. They're literally like out cutting the silage, and I catch the guy. Um, he's like, ah, I just had two guys stop by, and they got permission on the field. I'm like, dang it. Um, I think he could tell that I was disappointed, but I mean, it's his field to give permission to whoever he wants. So, um, you know, I was like, ah, shoot, well, that stinks. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. I'm like, no, nah, no worries. No worries. But inside I was definitely disappointed because I thought this was my chance to have a good hunt. Um, anytime they get that silage cut on that field, you see doves all over the place. So, um, I wasn't even looking for doves. I'm just driving and I see another silage field that's cut and there's just doves lining the power line there's like 40 on the power line so I, I stop i go to the house and while i'm standing at the doorway i just see doves like landing all over it um and <laughs> i knew that it was going to be money so i got permission from i was super excited about that um when i got the permission so dove opener me swamp man my dad went out um and we actually set up an a-frame and dad was in the or no swamp man was in the solo 360 blind and we set up on the edge of this field close to that power line that they were they were all sitting on when I when I scouted it. So um, first light comes, and it was just, I mean, it was like mayhem. I mean, I've never had, like, so much chaos in a dove hunt where it's just, like, literally we, like, we couldn't, like, load our guns fast enough. <laughs> it was just, like, doves flying in and out of the mojos. And, I mean, we were landing, literally landing and, like, shooting them. It sounds weird to say, like, feet down, but, like, landing them as they were um, or shooting as they were, hovering down into the corn between like the mojos they'd like we'd have two mojos set and decoys in between i had like 10 10 little pigeon decoys um or maybe they're dove i can't remember i think they're dove dove decoys um and then the two dove mojos and they literally would like split the uprights right between the two yeah. mojos um, and it was feet down it was feet down yeah and it sounds weird to say that with dove but they, i mean they literally just came right in there um and it'd be seven to 10, like multiple groups were that big where they all just landed there. <laughs> so, um, or they were landing, they're in the process of landing as we shot. Um, and actually I shot a couple doubles and I mean, we we're just having a heck of a time. So, um, yeah. Uh, Oh, 
the one the one crazy thing that happened. There was one crazy thing. I actually shot one. Chief ran out for the retrieve, and when I shot it, it like popped back up in the air, and it could like barely fly. It was like fluttering, you know, and flying. And Chief was like sprinting right behind it. And I thought for a second he was going to catch it out of the air, and then it just started to get wind like under its wings, and it can't. It flew straight at me. And I literally tried to I swat it down, like smack it with my gun as it passed me. And uh, I just barely missed it. And then it keeps going, and it hits like a corn stalk. Like this thing could barely fly. It hit a corn stalk, um, and it just tumbled to the ground when it hit the corn stalk, and Chief picked it up. <clears throat> so definitely a, a super yeah. eventful hunt. Swamp Man's reaction to that was <laughs> I know. He was, he was freaking out. It was actually kind of funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, he could, it's like, he'd, he'd never seen a dove that was wounded, get back up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, we had a ton of fun on that hunt. Um, the other cool thing, it wasn't in my, or funny thing, it wasn't in the actual video. Um, but my dad, he got like an impromptu, um, conference call that was going to happen, um, that morning at seven thirty, like during the dove hunt and he still wanted a dove hunt. So he was going to join it, um, like on his phone, Bluetooth while we're out in the field. So um, at one point he was connected to the meeting, to the conference call. And uh, he, <laughs> um, he, at that point he switched with Swamp Man to go sit in the 360 solo blind. So he wasn't with me when it happened um, or else it would have been on the video. But uh, he forgot to mute his Bluetooth and had like a pair of doves come in and he shot at him twice and yelled, <laughs> yelled at the dog and everybody in the conference call heard him. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh man! Uh, Hope there's no vegetarians or vegans in there, that. But. I mean, there probably was. There is in every big corporate company. So yeah, I'm sure. I mean, people don't understand hunting the same way as hunters do. So I'm sure some people, you know, were like, "What the heck?" But I think it was pretty funny. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. Now, why'd you guys split up in that video? Because I know Swan Man <clears throat> went off for a while. Was that just a better spot? Or <clears throat> well, it was just like uh, I don't know, kind of to have a lot of people do that with dove hunting. They just kind of like spread out a little bit um to kind of like so they can't like cut the distance right so we we had one on the corner of that field and then us further over to the right um and it kind of just takes their options away as far as if they're going to fly past us to that line you know they got to come past us to do it so um i don't know i mean we had a a pretty good split the, the spot that swamp man was at definitely we've been hunting that field three times now um is the lane they like to fly on that that end so definitely turned out that's the best spot like if you're going to go by yourself but i think it helps you know if you're in a group just to split up i mean i think you're going to have more opportunities if you if you have three people out there but like as far as having two people in an a-frame you really have a lot of shooting lines but when you put that third person in the middle i mean all you can Uh do is shoot straight in front of you and then like you know you get like 40 degree turn both ways and you, you can't shoot like be you know so having two people in an A-frame is, like, way better than having three as far yeah, as shooting lanes and all that. So definitely, um, that's kind of why we did that. If we had four people, I would have had two A-frames, you know, and had one mm-hmm. over there and, and all that. But me and, me and Swamp Man finished our limits. Dad, with his conference call, didn't quite get to finish his. Um, but, yeah, so ton of fun. Um, really, on the, on the dove hunt, you know, I, I'll skip to the, the solo one. You know, it's just a bunch of the same, right? You know, I'm out there in the field. Um, and I'm just trying to get a quick hunt in before work. Um, but I, I've had so much fun with the dove hunts this year, like more than I ever thought I would. Um, yeah. Hunting this ag field like that with decoying doves, 
um, is a lot of fun. We've hunted it three times. The last time, Dad got his limit, so that was the second time he got to go, which was his first dove limit. Um, he was the only one that limited. Um, we got to bring my brother-in-law on a hunt, too. So uh, just been having – I don't know. I just had so much fun with the dove hunting. And actually, I just had uh, – I have a belly full of – of dove poppers right now so <laughs> they're delicious dove. oh it's, yeah the dove's delicious it's better than teal i think yeah it's it, delicious it's really good i it's really hard to compare it when you don't have both side by side but um mm-hmm. even my my kid loved it and i counted it as a win she was i get i gave her dove from the poppers and she was dipping it in ketchup i'm like well normally i wouldn't be okay with putting dove poppers in ketchup but i'm gonna count that as a win so <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely how come you didn't log your hunt yet? I'm trying to look at you shooting. I, I know you didn't log it because of your number of shots fired. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I guess I didn't log my dove hunts. I've logged my waterfowl hunts. I was looking in here to see. I didn't count my shots to know what to um, put in. To be honest, <laughs> for the yeah. dove. Well, hunts. you don't have. You can. That's the thing about the site is you. You don't have to keep the shooting percentage. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely could put them in to keep track of the the number of doves. That'd be cool to see by the end of the year. Because you're like, uh, I shot 75. You're like, oh, man, I lost track. Was it 75 no. or 74? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was True story. It. My dad my dad shot 75 shots on a death on one. He really? went 15 for 75. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. That's <laughs> not good shooting. I believe it. The <laughs> but shooting they can be hard. Saw. They can be hard. Yeah. The yeah. shooting we saw, I mean, I was probably, I think on the first time I said I was like 40 for 15. You know, you're 15 for 40. So yeah. <laughs> I wasn't getting that many collaterals. But um, can, Well, those shots were easier than most stuff honey because they were but not, still yeah. when they come in they're like flipping around and they're just oh yeah I, i've target. never i've never seen dove do that it was like for me the best way to describe it it was like uh when you see the the teal do that where they're dipping and diving cutting their wings to get mm-hmm. down i saw doves doing that to drop altitude to get into the mojos and i've never seen that it was crazy yeah it was like a feeding yeah. frenzy so i think i was gonna try to hunt it one more time um i had uh, a viewer from the youtube channel um, and he, he saw what I was shooting um, out there, and he's like, hey, man, a hand load, dove, dove loads. Um, do you want me to send you something? I'm like, heck, yeah. <laughs> so he sent me, uh, like, two boxes of his hand-loaded dove shots, um, uh, shotgun shells. But I, I was hoping to get out there on one last hunt this year in that field. Um, but what happened was, so I, I went and scouted it. There was dove there. But there's, like, a, a field down the road that they just freshly cut, and last night, um, or tonight when I drove by it, there was like no doves on the power line, which is super weird. Every time I go by, there's like 20 plus. So I wonder if they're all shifted down to that field that I don't have permission on. So I'm still hoping I can get oh, one on. more. How did you run into a, you ran into a guy while you were dove hunting that recognized you? No, 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 uh, a, a viewer of the YouTube channel. Oh, 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 okay. He saw he it on there and then he, like, yeah, oh, he okay. contacted me. He's like, Hey, I make these mean dove loads. <laughs> And so, what size shot are they? Uh, one was seven and a half, and one's eight. Okay, yeah, I love those. Yeah, fifteen hundred feet per second, and I believe it's lead as well. So, yeah, it's lead. Nice. Wow. Yeah, hand loaded. Yeah, it looks like a really. They are gonna. He said it's it's almost like cheating. It's not even fair or something like that. Was his words. <laughs> so, but I mean, I was I was I actually had a couple where the high brass. I was using some high brass, and it hit the dove. And they would just like flutter off and like die twenty five feet away, or you'd go try to chase them down. They keep picking up, and they're not all the way dead. So, um, what is the difference between high brass and non high brass? I think it's just cheaper and lighter <laughs> than steel, and it's but, and it might have some toxic metals in it. I don't know. I know it's 
super cheap though. So you're saying high brass is the metal that's that's made in the BB? Yeah, I think so. I don't See, know. I always thought I, I always thought the difference was because you know you get the shells and guys, please educate us. We obviously don't know very much. <laughs> some shells have just a little bit on of metal on the casing, and some it goes up higher on on the metal part of the shell, but what the piece not yeah. where the primer is. I always thought the high brass were the were the shells that just had like your waterfowl loads will have that higher. Um, I don't know what that piece is called. It's like a, a longer sleeve of metal. Yeah, I know you're and talking about And then the about. other ones don't. Apparently, no, I'm ignorant on that, apparently. <laughs> we need to look up the name. Well, I know there's people all across the country now listening and cringing at our... <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's just how it is. I'm not going to pretend I know it if I don't. Fumble's reloaded for a long time. I know he would know, but uh, yeah. So put my ignorance out there. Got to keep it real, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what we, we need to know what this is called, man. Um, like the primer, is that what it's called? No, that's the part in the middle. No, the primer, yeah. It's, uh, there's the primer, there's the casing, um, which is the, the part above it. Um, but yeah, it's just the brass sleeve. I don't know what, it, what you call it. High brass indicates a high amount of charge and heavy shot. You need a higher charge to launch that heavy shot from the barrel. In turn, you need heavy shot. To take down a large bird for waterfowl, you want a high brass shell, however, not as high as that of a turkey load. <laughs> okay, so it's no, just the really it's like the brass sleeve that holds the gunpowder. So, whatever. Okay, so yeah, I was right then. So the higher it is, the high that's high brass, huh? I guess. I don't know. Okay, moving on. Yeah. So, um, okay. yeah, no, that I think that pretty much concludes my. My dove hunts on there. I was trying to think if there's anything else I was going to add on that. I don't think so. Um, but I, I think my kind of final verdict on it is I've just gained, I've gained a lot of respect for dove hunts. Like, and that's a weird way of saying it. I've had so much fun. I've just had so much fun on these little dove hunts, um, more so than any other time I've dove hunted this year. And I don't know. I just I think it's the way that they they've worked into the decoys. Um, you know, it's way more fun to hunt decoying doves than having a hundred percent passing shots. Oh yeah. Yeah. My dove hunting in the past has been traditionally passing shots sitting at ponds. And then sometimes they would come and land on the bank, but you know, I've never seen a dove hunt like that. <laughs> if you guys want to actually see those hunts, that's on Chronicles on YouTube. You guys may have already seen it. If not, go check it out. Cause they're, I'd say they're, they're the best dove hunting videos I've ever seen. I'll say <laughs> without, without a close second. I'm not just saying that. The hunting videos I don't, I'm not very interested in because it's normally guys with GoPros on their head shooting at little tiny gnats that whiz by, is what it looks like. Yeah, I hear and, you. And um, these were just in the shot cam footage was fantastic. They were phenomenal videos. Well, thank you, appreciate it. So teal hunt, you want me to do both yeah. my teal hunt? Now for the main bulk of the podcast. <laughs> All right, let me <clears throat> let me warm up there. All right, so um, special shout out to Ben in Nebraska. Um, <sighs> He got a hold of me um, after a couple podcasts ago. Hey, I said, you know, I'm going to cut you off what? already. I need to, I need to say, Ben, I know you got Elliot from the podcast, but after watching his videos, if you need an Indiana boy to come hunt your deal, <laughs> I'm all for it next year. <laughs> Cause that was insane. Yeah, it was. Well, I'll tell you, Ben gave us the Royal treatment. It got so hot. Well, I was going to, back up a little bit. I want <laughs> sorry, to jump, sorry, jump I derailed you. No, no, it's okay. Ben's an awesome guy. Um, 
So he reached out to me because I had been saying, Hey, I'm looking to hunt in Nebraska, the teal opener, if anyone, you know, has a spot and 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 I get a lot of invitations to go hunt with people, but it's normally um, hey, come hunt with me and five other guys or six other guys or whatever. And I just <laughs> if if you guys want to hunt in big groups, nothing wrong with it. I just personally I don't know, I just don't like big groups. I don't want to hunt over four people. And if I don't know the people, I'm a little bit introverted. It makes me nervous to just like be talking into a camera with around a bunch of people I don't know. And and so I just don't take people up on those offers. I, 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 so this is the first time that I got an invite. No, second time um, that I got an invite that I took him up on. it. He's like, hey, I just started waterfowl hunting a couple of years ago. I hunt by myself. Um, it's really good out here. Would you like to, to join us out here? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Perfect. He hunts by himself. It's going to be my dad, who we call Fumblemint myself and Ben and he has a uh, some type of wire hair. I can't remember what it is. Some type of wire hair. Oh, he's a big upland game hunter. He's Isn't a that like a, elk hunter. Uh, a German wire hair? Wasn't that what it was? I don't think it's no, it's not is a, it a German. There's different types. Okay. Yes, that's what it is. Okay. That's what it is. I think. Ben correct me if I'm wrong. Contact me <laughs> and I'll make it. But I think that's what it is. Really, really cool dog. Except he was really trying to have sex with Georgie and I had to, you know, no, stop. You're not gonna <laughs> defile my little my little pristine Georgie. Anyway <laughs> Can you blame him? Georgie's gorgeous. Um, so we were looking at the temperature. Level. The plan was we were going to go camp, and he was going to come camp with us. And but the temperatures kept rising and rising and rising on the forecast. And my dad, he's seventy-seven. Um, he just he's had heart issues. He's got splints in his heart, and he just he can't do camping with a high of ninety-five and a low of seventy-five at night. It's just it's too hot. It's too taxing on him. So, in fact, originally, if it was going to get that hot, he wasn't even going to go. Um, but the temperature just kept raising and raising and raising and raising. And by the time that we we're getting a couple of days out, it was like that's what it was going to be. Lows in the 70s, highs around 90. And so <clears throat> we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And, and Ben's like, why don't you guys just come stay at my house? No big deal. We got this little loft. And, and so he brought us into his house. So um, we got there. And he showed us the spots and everything. And he is, has the most wonderful little property. He, it's, a, it's an acreage in the country. They've got horses. They've got barns. I mean, and it's just like one of those quaint, pretty little properties where he's got, he's probably, I'd say he's probably in his early 30s. He's got a couple little kids. His family is just fantastic. His wife's awesome. His kids are awesome. They made us meals. I mean, it was just like the nicest people you want to meet. In fact, I, I told him, I was like, I would love to have my wife come out here and, you know, the wives can hang out. Just unbelievably solid family. And so, um, we went in there in the morning and I, all I really knew, cause when we went to scout it, he didn't want to drive clear back into where it was cause he was afraid he didn't want to disturb the birds. Mm-hmm. And this area of Nebraska, I, my respect for Nebraska, I already love Nebraska. <laughs> but now that I've seen the, this area, um, I, it's one. Of, it's hard for me to say I like Kansas more than Nebraska. From the Sand Hills to this area to the Platte River, I mean, to the low density dens- uh, population density. If I could choose anywhere to move right now, it would be centralized Nebraska. I mean, it's just an unbelievable state. So apparently, this is the basin area. Apparently, when the, we were looking it up, when the mountains formed and rows it created these little water basins all around and and they're just unique they're different than anything that i've seen and also like if you they scroll a lot of corn out there 
And so in, in the cornfield, sometimes there's minor little basins where it's just places that hold water like we don't have in Kansas. I've never seen anything like these in Kansas. So this was a big cornfield. And in the middle of the cornfield, there was a little, I hate to even call it a ditch, but it was just a little depression, probably, you know, and when it rains, water fills it. And then a lot of times these, these farmers will use the water for irrigation and everything. And, and so it was just about a 20 to 30 yard wide strip that went through the corn. And then the back of it, it went, it moved into an open pool. And in that ditch, and you can see it on the video, it's all green arrowweed. And I don't think that's arrowweed, I don't believe. But so they must have just been feasting on bugs in there. And, and a good portion of the corn was actually flooded, too. So you went back about five yards, and you had ankle-deep corn with stalks all falling down. And in the middle, you've got all this arrowweed, and, and you could just see the bugs flying around. And so the teal, um, and, and if you guys, guys teal hunt, you know that teal, more than anything else, love flying channels. Some the other ducks will do it, some too, but teal, little channels are like teal magnets. And so they'll if they're going to a certain place, they'll just fly channels without deviating at all. And so when we got out there, um, you know, Ben and one other guy has permission to hunt, hunt this property. And it's kind of whoever calls the farmer first gets it. And Ben just got completely lucky from the story he told that he even got access. And I, I just like, he won the lottery to have private <laughs> access to this spot. And is, it, uh, the- is it that good in big duck season too? Yeah. He said, Last spring on the migration back up, he went back in there and he said it was thousands of pintails in there. That's just crazy. So, yeah, because it's flooded corn. And then you have this little ditch with, with, where they can land in this little ditch in the green, swim into the corn. So, and he didn't, he, this place is so hidden back in there that he didn't even know the back. He got permission on the front section and then he got exploring and he just found this back section. He didn't even know it was there. So he didn't really hunt it that much last year. Um, but yeah, I think it's, there's no reason why it won't be phenomenal in big duck season too. So it turns out we looked down, we were going up this week where he wanted to sit up where this lane kind of goes down and elbows off kind of dog legs. If you know, if you golf at all dog legs to the right, and right where it dog legs, there's a little more of an opening where it's a little wider and everything. And we see lights down in the pool. It turns out that the farmer gave them both permission by accident or whatever. And, and so we had to go and talk to those guys, worked out. They stayed about 250 yards down, and we we're in this little pocket. And, I mean, it was just, it was one of those teal hunts that if we had really wanted to, we could have limited out in 15 minutes. I mean, it was just from the start. They were coming, this this ditch or channel was go, went from the north to the south, and then you have that little hole where we're at, then a dog lakes off to the west and into that big pool so we were right on that dog lake and the teal they would come right up that that ditch and either they would land in our decoys or they would take the dog leg and go keep going and if they did that they were still 15 yard shots i mean sometimes it'd be it wasn't just singles i mean there was plenty of we didn't have any like groups of 30 or anything but we had plenty of groups of eight five to eight and, and it was just Birds flying, birds flying everywhere, birds flying everywhere. So this was Georgie's very first hunt. And we decided right off the bat that um, his dog, his wire hair, is, is his first time ever hunting with another dog on his second season ever. And he's not, he's not completely finished and steady, but pretty decent about it. 
And then this is Georgie's first hunt. I have no idea how she's going to react. So we decided we're going to just take our time. My dad's going to hold the camera. I'm going to work Georgie and he's going to make sure his dog is steady. And so we're going to just be very, very careful about our shot selection, which Jordan and I will talk about this <laughs> in just a little bit because I get eaten up on YouTube about our shot selection. That's maybe pushing it a little bit. There's certainly been many comments about people being mad at us about our shot selection. And Jordan and I, I want to have a conversation with him about that for sure. Um, so first bird comes in, comes up, and Ben shoots it, goes down, and man, he felt so bad. Because here, you know, I mean, I've trained Georgie for so long. She's been this topic of conversation, and, and Georgie sees the bird down, and I send her, and she's going right for it. Well, Newt, his dog, is never hunting with another dog. And so he breaks and goes out and steals <laughs> the bird from Georgie on the first retrieve uh-huh. of her life. And he had a quick release on her, which is a, you know what a quick release is? Yeah. And so it's a special thing. And the quick release somehow just didn't work. Ben felt so bad. But, I, you know, I like, it's fine. I wasn't, I wasn't upset about it at all. Um, so then second bird gets shot. And, um, oh, no, a bird came and landed right in the decoys. And it's just sitting there. I'm like, you know what? Georgie's sitting here. I'm just going to swat this bird. She'll see the water. And then she'll go right to it. So I swatted it. And she jumped out. And she had no idea where to go. She's like turning circles. She has, and so I ended up having to go out there, walk her out to the bird, show her the bird. And so I'm almost like, ah, our first retreat was a complete failure. <laughs> she had no idea where it was. And so um, as the hunt went on, her third retreat, she saw it, she went to it, she got it. And she got better and better as the hunt went on. But there was, there was a couple times where she, I would see her go up to the bird and look at it and then not pick it up. It's almost like, She's like, well, that's not my bumper. I mean, I've had her on um, the pigeon. She's never had a dinner on a teal. Never had her duck. Doesn't know the smell of it. I mean, I do some frozen ones before. But it was just almost like, well, that's not my bumper. I don't really understand what's going on here with this thing. And then I'd fetch her on it, and she would do it. Um, but by the end of the hunt, she was getting better and better and better. And there was a couple birds where I was giving her hand signals, whistling her, and she would sit down perfectly. And I would get her to right where the bird was, but it's like she was just didn't quite understand the game of it all. And she wasn't using her nose and looking, I think in her head, she was still looking for her bumper, what she thought, because she just didn't quite know how to search it. Uh, by the end of the hunt, she was getting better and better and better and better. So at the end of that day, as far as Georgia goes, she was 100% steady. Not one time did she jump off the stand without me telling her to. And that's watching it through his retreats. And so just that alone, I was so happy. I figured that she might not be steady. But she was, I had her on that banded blue stand right beside me in the A-frame, and she was just rock solid steady. And so I was so unbelievably happy about that. Um, so I was thinking about the shot question. I, I would like to get your input on this one, and we can talk about it. But we were super, super selective about our shooting. In fact, I only shot six shells, kicked killed six birds as a group we shot eight we shot 18 birds on 24 shells i mean there was so many birds we shot our limit 45 minutes that being said we passed up so many shots and especially my dad it really it really amplifies with my dad because he's 77 and he's just not gonna pull the trigger unless it's a cupcake shot he's just not if he only shoots two birds in a day he only shoots two birds in a day you know so there's a lot of footage in this video of birds just coming landing in the decoys groups flying by at 15 yards 
lots of footage. And even with Ben and myself too, we, we were, we were doing the same thing. I've hunted teal, I've hunted teal enough that I know when it's going to be a limit. I mean, not always. When it, there's a situation that arises, there's so many birds that you could, if you had started hunting at 10, you would have shot your limit. I mean, when it gets like that, you just know it's going to be a limit and we're working our dogs. So the whole hunt, we are so super selective about what shot we took. Because at that point, my, my thinking is, number one, I'm working my dog. Number two, I want to go six for six because that's really fun to do. Number three, I want to make sure I leave out of there and not a single piece of shot is in a bird that did not die. I don't want to cripple a single bird. But if you go six for six, your chances are you're not putting any shot in any bird. Um, and these shots were so easy. I mean, the spinner was set up at 10 yards and we were killing these birds between eight maximum of 20. We didn't kill a single bird outside of 20 yards. Maybe even not. I mean, very few outside of 15. It, it was almost too close. Not as much as the second day, but it was almost, almost too close. So I posted this video. The video is doing great. You guys got to go check it out. It's awesome. And I started getting a lot of comments about the shot selection. And I'm going to let you give your input. input. Well, go ahead and give your input on it. And yeah. then so this is one of those I'll things that we had to... Uh... We had to bite our tongue on because we started to talk about it. I'm like, we need to just, we need to talk about this on the podcast. Um, but what I said earlier is like, I can see where people are coming from. I can totally. Well, people were actually, now I should say before you started, that people were actually, they weren't just talking about the shot session. They were like expressing anger and giving yeah. me thumbs down because of the shot. Yeah. Play. No, I saw some people say, oh, not a fan of it. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> And like there's there's some people like I, th- I saw one argument and I don't uh, de- I don't uh, necessarily agree with this argument like about um, educating birds. And it's like really like That's an ignorant a, argument. You, you can't really educate it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like it'd be different if it was mallard. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, the problem won't come back in that hole if they see you walking around in it. Um, but they might, you know. But they might not, you know. So it's one of those yeah. things. It, it's a it's a blue wing till. In yeah. the first week of September, it's really not getting educated. So, I, hopefully, well, and birds yeah. just flying by you, birds just flying by you, that's not educating birds. If you're sitting there hidden in an A-frame, and a bird comes into the decoys and then gets up and flies away, or just flies by you, and you're just sitting there, there's no educating going on there. Yeah. You educate birds when you shoot at birds. This comment was makes me so mad. You guys are sitting there and educating <laughs> birds by the time they get to Louisiana. I'm like, no, dude, listen. If if I shoot, if I go six for six, that's six shells that are fired at birds. If I'm not careful with my shot selection, I'm not going to go six, six for six. I might go six for 10. I might go six for 12. Now, that's 12 shots fired instead of six. It's the shooting that educates the birds. So sitting there and carefully, like, we were just like snipers because we didn't even, I wasn't even trying to shoot doubles. You can, and I think that made people mad too. You could see tons of time where it's like easy double, but I want a hunt to go 45 minutes to an hour, not, not 15 minutes. I, I interrupted you though. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, not yeah. What I said is I, I definitely could, um, understand where people are coming from that because I feel like, I mean, you're in a super un, usual situation where it's like 99% of the rest of the country is struggling for a limit, scratching out bluing till, but you're like literally in the prime spot for it. Right. So you have all Mm -hmm. these opportunities. Everybody else is like, well, that's not like, we don't get to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I can see like people like, 
because it, it did like for me even watching it, i was like a little annoyed <laughs> i'm like dang this is so stupid there's just birds hovering around everywhere and they're just <laughs> laughing and talking they don't even care but i'm like over here and like we all have to be like everybody else across the country we have to be like lethal and going like for every, every opportunity counts and we're trying like we're trying to be you know every single bird and every single like you have to play it right you can't make any mistakes or you won't get your limit and you over here you guys are just like i'm not going to shoot that one because you know i'm drinking my coffee or um, (laughs) i was about to shoot that one but then i got this itch on my neck so i scratched my neck and just watched it it's just like so there there was a little bit of annoyance there but (laughs) but you can't fault you you can't fault you because i mean you're gonna hunt birds like you want like you said if fumble wants to you know just only shoot two birds and he doesn't care. Like he doesn't need to be uh, super lethal, you know, and that's yeah. not what it's about for him. Then, you know, more power to him, you know, but, but I definitely see the other side. I wouldn't go as far as some people, like I said, were there arguments, yeah. you know, I can understand the emotion. I can understand you. Cause you, I mean, you had a, you didn't do very well there in the weekend. You're just hoping for a few passes. And just like you said, it's literally that way. It's like, Oh, don't worry about shooting. Like, I, there was one video, I'm like, two land, and I'm like, don't even worry about shooting those. Let's just shoot them in the air. Don't even worry about it, you know? <laughs> and, and so I can definitely get a bit, uh, understand the feeling of annoyance uh, because it's world. Someone someone made a comment about it being world-class steel hunting, and it absolutely, that's what it is. is this is in the, in the central flyway, and on this hunt in particular, maybe in, some of the best hunts of our life, but we've had some amazing field hunts. This is world-class field hunting. When you're just sitting there and the mo- the movement doesn't stop. I mean, we were back at the truck, so we, we shoot our limit, and then we sit there and just watch them. And then we get back to the truck, and we look back there, and you can still see birds flying all over the place. You know, it's it can't I can't just can't imagine field hunting being being better than in that type of scenario. So I, I can understand people feeling like that. What I don't understand is the anger of like, you know, um, this makes me mad and I give you a thumbs down. It's like, I'm, my goal is to train this dog and to not wound birds and just take my time and stretch a 15 minute hunt. We still shot our limit in 45 minutes. I mean, it's not like we took us four hours. I mean, you know, 45 minutes is a pretty quick 18 bird limit, you know, it's just it's just being careful and taking the shots that you absolutely want to take. And another thing, at that range, um, it's not as easy as shooting as you think. Because when they're coming on that dog leg, they either do one of two things. They'll either settle down in the decoys. And if they settle down on the decoys, they plop down so quick that it can be hard to kind of get it. Because they're coming in at about five yards off the water. So they'll as they're coming to the dog leg, they'll do one of two things. They'll, they'll kind of look like they're going to – they'll they'll bank and keep going around the corner or they'll come and just drop in. And when they drop in, it's like they, they, they drop in quick. So if they drop in, are you going to shoot them on that five yards as they go from five yards to zero? Or are you going to flush them and shoot them? And then sometimes, you know, you try to flush teal and they're not flushing and they're swimming away. And, and, or are you going to shoot them as they bank around the corner? Well, they're kind of, I don't really want to take those because that's a little fat. That's a little fast. I'd rather take I, them. And go a little I think I area, can, so. I think I can speak for, myself and our whole audience and we feel so bad for you about these difficult till shots you had <laughs> man it's well, just the point is at, all i can think is poor yards, elliot <laughs> at 10 to 15 yards it's it's 
harder shooting than you think it would be just because they're little darts. It's like with those dubs, you know, you see them coming right in and you think it'd be easy, but it's not necessarily easy. And then when you get them inside of 10, and, and we had multiple shots that were inside of 10 yards, that becomes that becomes a, a little more difficult shot than what you think it would be. So, and be waiting there and be like, I'm just going to pull the trigger at when exactly I'm positive I'm going to kill a bird. It's really, really fun. It's a fun way to do it. So I don't understand. I, I understand your emotions. I don't understand the anger <laughs> and the whole educating bird thing. Is just you just said crazy. you understood my emotion, which is anger. <laughs> you, you said that you're, that, no, well, you're not angry at me about it. I'm getting more angry the longer you talk about it. <laughs> hey, I have invited you down. I've come up with multiple solutions of how you'd get down here. It's funny because you came last year. You're a little bit of a jinx. Last year was our worst field season, and that's the one you came down on. I know. I mean, you've been watching my videos. Season one, awesome field season. Season two, awesome field season. Now, season three, yeah, we had an awesome field season after after the first weekend. Season four, Awesome teal season. Season five, you come down. Yeah, not very good. Season six, awesome teal season. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not hitting it right, but no. Well, whatever. if you come down next time, you will because it's just it was just a rare occurrence last year. So, so the, moving on to the second day, um, I'll make this a little quick, a little bit quicker. The second day, we went back to the exact same hole as before, and back to Georgie um, from the moment that the sun started to come up and birds were flying, she was just different. And the first day I didn't say she didn't mark very well either. You know, she just didn't quite understand the game, but I looked at her right before we started shooting on day two. And then she was laser focused. She was looking, she was watching the first day. She was one, one time facing the corn, like the complete opposite direction. Like you're looking the wrong way. Turn around. You're going to turn around. Mm. But from the second day, I can't imagine her doing any better than she did. Um, she was completely steady. She's like a little rocket coming out, coming off that stand. And she's so fast and she just cleaned everything up. She found two different birds back in the corn where I just sent her into the corn and one, it took her a while and we actually had to get nude out there too. And, um, she did eventually find it. Um, and the other one, the other one was actually on day one where she found, where she went back in the corn. I could tell she was chasing around back in there. Cause then, you know, when you, your dog's in the brush, you can just tell when they're on it, you know, they get birdie. Yeah. And so both those, she came out of the, the corn with it. And, and on the second video, I just released it today. And, and I, I think it's a better, you watch both of them, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you think one video was better than the other one or the same or what? Um, now I was equally annoyed at the end of both of them. <laughs> the second one I thought was better because we just got better camera work, better kill shots. The, oh. the, the teal were landing. I put the GoPro in the exact perfect spot and the teal were like landing right in front of the GoPro. And there were several, several kill shots on the GoPro where I bet you it was like two or three yards away from the GoPro when you see it get hit. I thought those were really, really cool. Yeah. Really cool shots. You definitely had um, some really, really good kill shots in that second one. I don't know. I almost yeah. feel like the, I like the storyline of the first one though, just because it's like Georgie's first day and you're all excited mm-hmm. to watch that. And it was, you know, either one, it's like you said, it's just three man limited till. So yeah. pretty similar um in that that respect. Um I don't know. It's really they're just both really good videos. So um yeah, but the I will first say, one has more of a storyline. Yeah. I, I really like two seeing just Georgie um in the first one. And and that's what we've been saying all season. Oh, we can't wait to see 
the mm-hmm. the Georgie videos coming out the hunts. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, I think the big thing uh, was just to see. I mean, kudos to you on your training because she really did. You know, either either she did really good or you did really good editing. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't edit anything, <laughs> anything negative out. There may have been one thing I edited out, but it wasn't because that she was poor on it. Although she didn't do a very good job, but yeah, the first video definitely has more personal things and more of a storyline. And then the second one's more like if you like kill shots. The second one's just like <laughs> bam, 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 bam. But um, she was phenomenal. The second, in fact, comments on the on the YouTube video are just blowing up about her, which makes me proud. And I didn't think that she would. She matured so much from the first hunt to the second hunt. You just watch her. Um, yeah, it's like that, she figured it out. You know. Yeah, it, it the light the light the light switch flipped before even the hunt. I could just see it. I even mentioned on the video. I could just see it, and she was. The only thing is she's whining a little bit more than I like, so I need to address that. But because um, I don't yeah. want a whining dog, I wouldn't. But it was mostly when Newt was retrieving. Yeah, so I would say I wouldn't be too worried about it right now. It's just that she's so high driven, and there's times where she has to share, and she wants to get the bird and all that. And mm-hmm. um, but it's like, yeah, protect that drive to start with. So I mean, I'm not a yeah, dog so expert, <laughs> but <laughs> I was nicking her a little bit on it. She was being such a baby. I nicked her with a two. And a two, I can hold a two in my hand. And she screamed and cried like someone had stabbed her. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, dog. A two. That is like nothing. That's nothing. But yeah. so the second hunt yeah, finished about the same time frame as the first one. And when we were done, we sat there and had coffee and watched more birds decoy and stuff. So it was that whole weekend with Ben and getting to know his family and staying there and the two teal hunts and, and a, a unique environment like I've never hunted it before. It could not have been a better hunting weekend, startup hunting weekend. Then, I mean, I could, it, it surpassed wildest expectations. It was just phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah. And our whole, our whole group the second day was 18 for 21. So my dad and Ben went six for six and I went six for nine. So, I mean, it was as efficient a, a hunt as, as possible. So on the weekend, on the whole weekend, I was like 80%, 12 for 15 was what I was on the weekend, which is way better than I actually am as a shot. I can promise you that. But mm. Awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely solid hunts and solid videos for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and jump to my Michigan trip. And so this actually, this trip was happening the same time as yours. Um, and so Indiana isn't open yet. So my closest place to try to get on the birds is Michigan. And I've actually really, really fallen in love with the state of Michigan. And, and it's probably, it probably doesn't compare to Nebraska. Um, and you know, and Indiana will always be <laughs> like my home state, uh, you know, as, as, uh, you know, as difficult as we have it sometimes, but going up to Michigan, man, there's, there's some really, really cool places that I'm just starting to scratch the surface on and, and figure out the public land up there. And, and one of them is this, this, this marsh that I went to last year. Um, and so I went back up there for the till opener. Um, and I, I brought the Michigan boys with me. So we had the, the Kevins, um, up there and first night we actually camped out right on the marsh, um, which I know you're a big fan of doing stuff like that. And I am as well. Uh, so you know, that was, that was kind of the kickoff to it. And right away that evening, you know, um, I got stuck at work, so I couldn't leave as quick as I wanted to. Um, but I got out there and, uh, before I got out there, 
Kevin's were scouting a little bit, and they said they saw you know a couple flocks of geese going down in the marsh. They saw a couple really big flocks, you know, twenty five plus of teal that just flew into the marsh. So we're like, man, this is going to be solid. We're getting some solid scouting on it, you know. And the reports in the area, you know, I mean, they weren't just crushing limits like they do in you know over there in Nebraska, but solid numbers. We're seeing some limits there, some some uh, you know three gr- groups of three shooting like ten teal and. And so, so everything their opener, their opener was on the first. It was on, a, yeah, it was on the first. So, okay. okay. Yeah. Which, you know, that's not my favorite, but <laughs> the people that are local, I'm sure it's their favorite. So, yeah. um, unfortunately, you know, I couldn't go up there until the weekend. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're kind of the good reports is kind of what I'm getting at as far as the numbers, but, uh, we go out there first thing in the morning, we're the first boat out there and we're in the marsh and the first place to try to go. Um, and I tried to go back to similar place that, me and Swamp Man went to the year before. I couldn't get to. The water level was down like two feet, and, you know, it was dark. It's not super familiar with the marsh still. So we had to, like, circle back around, and we're trying to get further back in the marsh. And next thing I know, like, the boat just won't move. <laughs> and I lift it out of the water, and the prop has just, like, exploded. <laughs> so wow. what What caused that? Um, I don't know. I, I really didn't feel like I hit anything too solid, but maybe I did. Um, but now those like props the, are aluminum, right? Yeah, the, the props are aluminum. They're they're really kind of made to break so that nothing else breaks. You know, you don't want your your belt or your gears or your mm-hmm. you know, or your your chain to break. You want the prop to break. Um, but like the whole prop guard had literally spun around, um, like ninety degrees further than that, like one hundred and twenty degrees. Uh, and then the prop is exposed. If it just hit the ground, it was going to hit whatever was there. So that's what happened. I must have bumped something uh, going a little fast, and that thing spun around. Um, so, yeah, luckily, we're somewhere where we could just push it up, you know, push it up to shore a little ways and get set up because it was like, you know, I wasn't going to have time to change that and keep going and then set up. We would have missed kind of the morning, the morning flight, the morning setup. Um, so we just pushed it Were up you happy right with there. your setup spot? Did, no, that, no. Spot? <clears throat> I mean, it wasn't like a terrible spot, but that was not where I had intended to set up at all. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then kind of grand scheme of things, <laughs> it didn't really make a difference. So, I mean, we busted out a ton of till, like when we drove in there. Um, really? Yeah. Um, but then it was like morning flight, all the birds left the marsh. Um, yeah, I mean, not all of them, a lot of the birds, you, you kind of hear it first thing. You can't really see it a lot, but it's like, it's like, uh, like wings, like it's like thunder on the water as they like pick up, you know, you just hear it and then mm-hmm. you hear another flock and another flock and another flock. And we can kind of, those were mostly teal. No, I wouldn't even say they're mostly teal, but there was a lot, there was a lot of teal, like, huh. like in those groups, I would assume so because we saw them when we scouted. And then as we drove the, the boat through the marsh and we flushed up birds trying to get to the spot. Mm-hmm you know, um, a percentage of them were teal, but like once it was like shooting light, we just didn't see it. We just didn't see like any teal. I think we counted. It was like, That's so weird. It was like less than 10 <laughs> on the oh, whole man. morning. I've never had that happen with teal. I've had it happen with bigger ducks, but every time I've ever, they've been in the marsh in the dark, we do well every single time. Yeah. That's well, odd. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was, um, but it's definitely slow. Talked to a few other people there. And I mean, we had one come in the set and we popped it, you know. So I'm glad we got the one. Um, cause that was really an eventful one. Um, cause 
Kevin brought his dog, his new dog, and kind of funny, funny enough, it was <laughs> his dog's first retrieve as well um, on that weekend. And so Chief actually broke on the shot and jumped to the water, called him back, got him in the boat, and then I let Kevin take Georgia, or not Georgie, <laughs> Kobe, getting me confused on all these new black dogs, but uh, uh, Kobe out there for her for his first retrieve as well. So um, that was eventful, at least for that morning. So definitely, a, you know, a good part of the hunt there but for the rest of the day it was just nothing i mean we saw some honkers um but nothing that wanted to work down um and we saw like we saw like one flock of teal of six you know like flying around and buzzed around they didn't have any interest in us and we saw like a pair and then the one that came into our set and so <laughs> it was how long pretty, did you guys out there we stayed out i mean i think we stayed out there till like 11 oh man what a long morning yeah Long morning, no birds. I mean, but that's just how it goes sometimes. And, like, I think you just have to be in that mindset sometimes out here in this part of the country. I mean, we're definitely hoping to have, you know, a, a decent hunt where we're shooting a few apiece, and that would have been fun. Um, but I really don't know if, if I'm going to get on a good teal hunt at all this year. That might have been I, – I, it's just – it's so hard to know in that area when you don't live there. It's four hours away. Um you know, four hours plus, depending on where you're going. So, yeah. What are you doing weekend three of my kill season? Um, I can't remember. What's I don't know yet. <laughs> so, we're gonna stay local. I think weekend two and three. Yeah. So we can go back out to Nebraska at the for their opener. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a drive. So I don't know if I'll if I'll make it out there for early yeah. till for you guys. I mean, I'd love to, but you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, I mean, that was pretty much the wrap up of that hunt. Um, but then, um, the Kevins went back home, you know, just because there's no birds really to stay. I ended up staying. Um, but you know, kind of funny story. We got up to, uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny, but, uh, these guys were rolling up behind us. Um, the only other, well, there's, there's two other groups in the marsh that I know of. Um, and one of them had a boat and one of them drove in with a truck and then walked in somewhere on the marsh. Um, but anyways, the other boat literally was, they were coming in at the same time as us. And, uh, and I could hear them like talking and they're talking about me and I just wasn't sure exactly (laughs) what they're saying. But then, you know, we get up there, get out of the boat. I'm like, how's it going fellas? And, uh, one of the guys was like, Holy crap, you're Justin from Duck Gun Podcast. <laughs> I'm like, close enough. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was funny. Um but then we connected on Instagram. Um and like I said, the Kevins went back home. I was gonna just wing it in the marsh again, um, trying to figure something out. Cause I mean I love those areas. And even if it's not like gonna get on a bunch of teal, it's it's good for scouting for if I get get a chance to come back during big duck season. Um, but so these guys, we connected on Instagram. Um, I'm just sitting around the campsite that evening by myself and just chilling with chief and having a bunch of fun. Um, just me and me and my dog soaking it in. It's just, I mean, it's a lot of fun to camp like that. Uh, but yeah. anyways, so I connect with these guys on Instagram. So that like three or four times now, but, <laughs> uh, they invited me on a goose hunt in a wheat field. So, um, that, that became my plan for the next day. Um, but yeah, so fast forward to that hunt. We're sitting Before you eighth. go to there, I want to say that the camping footage you did on that first video, that was my favorite part of the video. <laughs> when you were chopping the logs and stuff. In fact, I was watching it, and my my uh, little daughter, 
she's like no 12 or 13 i don't know 13 and um she came looked over my shoulder and she's like why are you watching that that looks boring so i'm like no it doesn't he's making a fire it's the most interesting part of the video i think <laughs> uh she was ragging on you yeah but i liked it i liked it that part awesome yeah i wasn't sure it was it's kind of always fun to see like what what kind of different content you can add to the video and you know our majority of our content is the hunting stuff well i didn't have like a ton of hunting content so i'm like you know let me show let me show the campsite making the fire uh the setup with the hammock which highly recommended for the hammock i said that in the video as well but mm-hmm. i'm gonna try to turn this whole country into hammock campers instead of tents hammocks greater yeah. than tents <laughs> it's 100 well, true you haven't done it yet is, have you ever done i have it? yes i have um, I do have a hammock and I've slept in it and I did enjoy it. My problem would be with the tent is the organization of my gear is better in a big tent. So we've got a really big tent where three people can sleep in there and have all their gear laid out and organized. What I absolutely hate doing is waking up when I feel cold in the morning and not having like everything organized. That would be my struggle with that. If I were to have like a hammock, like and you a take tent, your stuff out of your suitcase or what? We can yeah, like the clothes I'm going to wear, the clothes I'm going to wear. Specifically, the clothes I'm going to wear. You just lay it out beforehand? I lay it out. Like, I put it in order of what I need to put on. So I get up, and it's just, like, right there in order. I can't stand waking up and not knowing what to put on and trying to grab the different pieces. Mm. See, I I do that, too, but I just put it in my truck on, like, my front seat. (laughs) uh, Yeah. The way I I usually do it if I'm in a hammock is I back my truck up to a tree, and I use my truck and the tree. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and you can always have like the right distance then as far as what you need for your hammock to be taut. Um, but yeah, it's just so much more yeah. comfortable in a hammock though. You know what I mean? Like I sleep so much it better is. in a hammock. Well, but there's an air mat. I don't know if it's that much more comfortable than if you have a blow up air mattress. Mm, maybe. I do like it. It's, the thing about it is it feels like you're, I don't it's know, so minimal. Like it's minimalistic. Like I don't have to bring an air mattress and electricity to pump it up and Yeah. Um, and you're in a little cubby hole. You're like all tucked in to like a little cocoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely it was definitely definitely solid. Highly recommended. And the other thing I've I've just recently started doing too is I I've um I didn't need it on this one, but we did a, a family camp trip earlier this summer and we had like a thunderstorm come through and like gusting wind and I'm in my hammock, but I put up a rain fly. So now I've, I've got the rain fly. Um, and it's just a tarp. I put up a tarp and you strap it down. Um, you know, but I've got that, uh, mm-hmm. that down pretty good as well, as far as, you know, sleeping in the rain. And it, I mean, it was pretty cool to be in the hammock in a thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll convert you someday. I'll hopefully. No, I, I love, I do love, I do love sleeping in a hammock. It is really nice. It won't take much to convert me. If you can get a closed plan for me, then I'm, close <laughs> yeah, <plan>. I'm good. <laughs> what a girl. Jeez. Uh, I didn't I want to say it. I almost that. said that you're a prima donna, but I thought that might <laughs> yeah. be going too far. <laughs> oh, can we edit that part out, please? <laughs> no, stay in. So, yeah. Um, okay, so jumping back to the, the wheat field hunt. So we go out there for the hunt. We, we hunt an A-frame. We got some silhouettes, some full bodies. Um, and we can just see, like, I, I was walking around and we could see a, like bird crap out there and feathers. And I'm like, all right, you know, it's going to be solid. Um, but the first flock that works in, um, you know, everything I say on this, this flock, hindsight's 2020. I'm not blaming anybody. You know, any of us could have made, made calls on, on the birds to shoot. But so 
how the scenario played out. We're working this big flock in, and you know, we I think they worked behind us one time, circled, and then we had a group of six that came that were way more committed than the rest of them, and three of them landed and three of them kept flying, um, but they like almost touched the ground. And like hindsight, it's like that's where we should have took the the shot right there, where the three landed and the other three didn't land. We should have pulled up three of us, and we probably would have killed four plus. You know, would have been my mm-hmm. thought. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. all six, possibly all six. Um, Take the ones in the air first, and then the ones. Yeah, the ones when they didn't yeah. land, it was hard because the way I just couldn't see it too, and um, I don't know if they had similar problems with not seeing that that exactly what was happening with the flock because there's just i mean it was like a flock of like 50 plus all coming mm-hmm. at once you know and so there's birds circling around everywhere if you're not looking at those six right at that moment to know but it's like hindsight you know that's exactly when i think the most optimal time would have been to call the shot on the whole group yeah. but so we had the three land and then the rest of them just working and circling working and circling and then eventually those three pick up and again that would have been the second best time to call it um, right when those three pick up, and we kind of said that we should, oh, we should, we should shoot them if they pick up. Um, and again, I couldn't see see that they're picking up until they were gone, um, or out, out of shooting range. So that whole you know scenario, you know, um, ended up with us having zero birds. <laughs> so yeah, um, kind of you know, kind of kind of. Uh, I was texting the guy earlier today. I'm like, hey, man, how'd you like the video? He's like, it was sweet. It was bittersweet, though. I wish we would have got, you know, some of those birds. And I'm like, yeah, um, you know, it's, that's just part of hunting. So um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, my kind of personal thought on on that, because that, that's something that actually happens a lot, you know, depending on every group has a different way that they go about it. And I know we've talked about it on the podcast, too, when you have when you have that happen. Um, it's just, honestly, it's a really, really common thing that happens when you work a big flock in. Not all of them commit. Um, but the one thing that I've always noticed is if you have birds that don't commit, like when those three birds didn't commit, almost 100% of the time after that, the rest of the birds aren't going to commit. Because those birds just, yeah. as, they got as close as possible and decided it wasn't safe and they're leaving and birds are followers. So once mm-hmm. that happened, in my mind, none of the birds are going to finish. So, yeah, it's a bad feeling when that happens. You're like, oh, we got problems. What are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you fooled them to the point where they got close enough. Um, and then, I mean, the thought is you're trying to finish the rest of the group. And if I think if the six would have landed right there, you have a chance of finishing the rest of them. But when those three don't, then it's like 100% of the time. It's just, in my experience, I, don't th- I can't think of a time where I've had birds that come into the set and almost finish and then lift out. They Those birds never finish, and the birds almost always follow them away from wherever you're trying to finish them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely, definitely agreed with Jack on that. A little bittersweet, but you know, it's uh, nothing you can do about it. You know, you live and you learn um, on those things. It kind of just reiterates and represses that into your <laughs> kind of memory um, for the next time you have it happen. Um, but um, yeah, they just all flew away. So that was kind of the end of that set. Then we had um, one solo come in, and Jack stood up, pop one shot, killed him. You know, via like a very uh, <laughs> well-oiled machine, just one shot, bam, it's dead. And so then we have another one come, and it's my turn. And um, I do the complete opposite and just whiff three times in a row. Like it's my <laughs> first time ever shooting a gun. So um, Right in I, front of new friends. Oh, yeah. And it was at like 20 yards. So 
Um, I was definitely, I was so upset with myself when that happened. Yeah, I don't frustrating. know. If, I don't know if it showed in the video, but I said it, but I don't I just, think so. I was so, I was just like, I can't believe like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, you can see the pain in your face, yeah. but, but the yeah, first, the first bird there's a big of the sigh season. in there. You're like, ah. yeah. And everyone watching is like, yeah, uh, I feel that. <laughs> well, I've waited like six months to have a chance to shoot a bird and the first time I get to pull the trigger, it's just like whiff, whiff, whiff. Yeah. So, yeah. The GoPro wasn't on, apparently. I couldn't find the footage when I edited the video. So GoPro wasn't on. And, yeah, it would all it would have showed is a goose cup right into the decoys at a crossing shot left to right um, at 20, 25 yards, and then me whiffing three times in a row. <laughs> yeah. So Not the best moment. Yeah. So, but yeah, kind of jumping back to that first group, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. So I just want to make sure I say that because um, these guys both listen to the podcast. I, I'm not throwing shade or anything at, at them. Like, uh, honestly, I've made made some really good friends with them now. Um, we've been messaging back and forth. Um, so super glad that I got to hunt with these guys. Super glad they invited me. And we all kind of agreed at the end. Yeah, we got a little greedy uh, on the call there trying to get all the birds, um, which is, you know, you know, part of the game, early season. And, and he said something I thought, Jack said something that was really interesting, I think. But he said, oh, I've never had a group that I had to work that hard in early season. Usually they just work right in. So, um, you know, that's that's probably something that's true with early season as well. So Could be that mullet shining in the sun, that yeah. mullet you got going. No, I think, that's the, I think it's the opposite, man. <laughs> there's, there's nothing you can go wrong with the mullet. Ever since I've been mullet, mullet, have a mullet. Ever since I've been mulleted, I don't. Ever, ever since I had a mullet in my life, everything's been better. Except your shooting percent, zero for three. Uh, aren't you usually all about like sample sizes, and they got to be like a thousand? <laughs> well, the you know it's not conclusive data, but we do have a small beginning yeah. pool of data, and says mullet can't kill anything. Mm. I've hunted with a mullet. Trust me. I, I know I hunted my whole 17 year old year with a sweet mullet. Yeah. That yours will never rival. How do we You've got sweet little curls? In your mullet. <laughs> How do we uh, get your mullet back? Like, what do we have to do? It's not going to happen, man. There's gotta if, be something. If you, okay. If you convince me, then you'd have to convince my wife. And I know that you're not going to check off either of those. How, like, okay. If we started like a GoFundMe for Elliot's mullet, <laughs> Ever since I started getting a little bald spot, now it's not major. It's more major than I'd like it to be, but from the front, it looks great. <laughs> Mullets with a little bit of balding, nah. Uh-uh. Mm. I think you pay I, for me to get like you know, uh, just for men. Type of, yeah, just for men. just for men beard cream. If you can, yeah, there you go. Okay, so you're have saying you there's a chance. Seen, have you, yeah, sure. If you want to call that a chance, then yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We're, t- we're taking this. Here we are with another great clips segment. <laughs> my feelings are still hurt from my great clips girl snubbing me. I'm, I'm back. <laughs> I don't blame For those of you that really listen to every episode, you'll get that. Yeah. You'll, you'll get it. That's an inside joke from way in preseason. That it went yeah, on for like, yeah. what, a month? So, yeah. Month worth yeah, of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, so I guess let's uh, let's go ahead and say kind of what our future plans are. Um, 
for this upcoming weekend. And man, I'm I'm just shooting from the hip again. I have no idea. We open up in Indiana. Um, here's the dilemma with content creation. I am so busy creating content that I literally film. I go I go and I hunt, and then I film, and then I edit all that. And by the end of the week, I get done. And like, I'm still not done with the videos from this three day weekend. Um, and then we're doing the podcast tonight is Wednesday. So that leaves Thursday to edit that last video and hopefully get it all the way done. And then I have one day to scout. So, (laughs) and normally if I was going to be traveling, I would just be traveling after work up to Michigan, uh, or wherever it would be uh, down to Southern India, where, wherever it would be, if I'm going to travel, it would be on Friday night. So it's like, man, I really, I just, when do you, it's so hard to find all the time you need to do everything we got to do. Um, and I, I know I'm, I'm doing the prima donna thing now, right? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's my current dilemma. I haven't been able to scout as much with um, just a full plate right now. I think, well, yeah, we're, we're going, I'm going out with uh, Golden Boy and my dad and Josh from Outdoor Limits is coming with us. Day one, he's going to go off on a solo hunt. And then day two, we're all going to get together. We're going to be camping and, and so it's going to be really, really, really fun. No matter awesome. no matter what we do, it's going to be fun. Awesome. We, the birds all leave and we don't limit. That'll be fun. But so yeah, we're it's going to be great. Sounds like you got it. Well, way more buttoned up than I do. <laughs> but good yeah. for you. I'm glad you're going to be getting on the birds and keep all that content rolling on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll have to you know hopefully I find something. If not, I'll just wing it. And hope for the best. Hope for big. Well, season. you guys get the cold front <laughs> too, season. right? I mean, are you yeah. getting a part of this cold front? Um, yeah, yeah. It's not as extensive as you guys at all. Like we're still yeah. like in upper. I think we're upper. Uh, yeah, like we're still upper seventies. <laughs> yeah, well, by the time that we weekend rolls around, it's going to be eighties and lower fifties at night, which is perfect, and then eighties during the day. So it'll be a little hot afternoon, but right now they're getting higher fifties and lower forties. So it's really cold for right now. Now, but by the time we get there, it'll be a little a little warmer than I would like. I don't you know hit eighty and you sit out there at a campsite that's a little warm, but yeah, you know fifties at night is beautiful. The mosquitoes won't be an issue at all. Oh yeah, awesome. But yeah, I think that probably wraps it up. Um, don't you, Elliot? You got yep, your last words? I, I think so. Yeah, I I would just say remember, guys, if you want to go over to Freelance Hunt Stats and log all of your hunts over there jordan and i are working hard to increase just man we've got so many things going on and so many ideas stuff <laughs> you should be logging your hunts logging your memories yeah so down the road you can look and look at your notes and look at what birds you shot on what days and what the weather was like and it's really really cool to do that you can go to freelancehuntstats.com or if you go to patreon.com slash freelancehuntstats you can get bone in fact jordan and i just are getting ready to drop a bonus podcast over there at patreon.com. We have that question come in about um, our feelings on a topic and we record it. It's going over there. All sorts of bonus content. But if you go over there, you can actually get a two for one Patreon um, account and a freelance hunt stats account. Lots of people have been taking us up on that. Um, so go, go, go check it out guys. Heck yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like you said, um and you know that's something we could probably add right at the end but i don't have a lot to add my hunt stats so far i'm at two hunts and i'm oh for three um with zero birds so you want to go ahead and and uh, uh drop your stats elliot 
Sure. Now, before I take, I, some people have no desire to keep shooting percent, and if you get an account over there, you, you don't have to keep it. It's just an optional. It's an optional thing. But two hunts, um, harvested twelve, all of them blue wing, shot fifteen times, eighty percent shooting percentage, seven point five shots fired per hunt. Yeah, definitely a solid start to the season for you. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely, I'm struggling with uh, resentment and annoyance, but. <laughs> Just, just kidding. Just Sorry. kidding. I'm definitely happy for you. Um, but yeah, so guys, like I said, definitely check it out. Freelance duck hunting or freelance hunt stats. Sorry. That's the YouTube channel. Freelance hunt stats for the website. Um, you make a counter there or Patreon. You get the, the double whammy on that one. Um, but I think that's all for us tonight, guys. Uh, thanks again for tuning in week in, week out. We really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate you guys uh, joining us every week for the podcast. Um, But that's all we got for this week. I'm Jordan, Duck and Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.